Last week, if you were here last week, we talked about uh, a direction that I'm feeling that the Lord is, is taking us as a church body, which involves fasting. And so, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> no, but, inv- but I'm gonna t- so I- I'm going to tell you, this is probably one of the biggest hidden gems spiritually in our life. If you, if you don't, if you haven't incorporated regular fasting, you are in for a shock. And I mean, a great shock. And so I, um, so we're going to start fasting. I'm going to talk about that. We're going to start on the first Monday of every month. We're going to fast the first Monday of every month. So if today is April the 3rd, that means tomorrow's April the which would be the first in April. So we're going to get into the details of that. But, but and, and I, can I just tell you, after last week when I was talking about this, several of you came up to me afterwards going, hey, can I just tell you that was a real confirmation? I felt like the Lord was, you know, saying something to me during the week and I couldn't tell, oh, Lord, if this is me or you, could you bring a confirmation if this is you? And then lo and behold, spoke on fasting on Sunday and they're like, Ooh. So it's like, oh, no, no, this is a great thing. So um, so if you have your Bibles, if you would turn with me to Mark chapter 4, verse 24. We looked at this last week, and I'm not going to go into detail in this just to, just to get to where we need to get. But Mark chapter 4, verse 24. Jesus says, <clears throat> this one phrase, take care how you listen. Or take care what you listen to. I'm sorry. Take care what you listen to. In Luke, he says, take care how you listen. In this, in Mark, he says, take care what you listen to. And then the very next verse, he says, for whoever has, to him more shall be given. So Jesus is saying, pay attention to what you're about to hear. That means for all of us, pay attention to what you're about to hear. For, what, for whoever has, to him more will be given. And it's like, this is one of those phrases where uh, we, we can hear something and say, okay, but what's your point? And it's like, oh, no, no, that is the point. For whoever has, to him, more will be given. Pay attention to what you hear. Ta-da! For whoever has, to him, more will be given. So if you sit with this phrase... <clears throat> And break it down and just read it over and over and over. What he's saying is, for whoever has, he's pointing to something that people have. What's he pointing to? He's pointing to the kingdom. Actually, he's pointing to a measure. Whoever has, whoever has a deposit, whoever has a bit of the kingdom, small, medium, or large, it doesn't matter. Whoever has that measurement... Whoever has, it's God's desire to give you more than what you already have. And if you keep looking at this, it says, for whoever has, now he's pointing to the individual, doesn't matter, young, old, new, new converted, new, newly converted, a saint, doesn't matter who it is, whoever it is, it's God's desire to give you more than what you have right now. So if you put those two together, doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what you have, whatever measurement you have and whoever you are that, are that are a child of God, it is God's desire to give you more than what you already have. 
Now, these, these, these statements are so, uh, that's a profound statement for one. That, that is a profound statement. So the, basically what we take from this is, oh, I, well, I'm not, I don't have to convince you that I want more. You're actually trying to convince me that you want to give me more. So where I'm wanting to get in my life is when I read something like that, the truth of it doesn't naturally, doesn't, doesn't naturally, wouldn't we gravitate up, but doesn't land up here where it's just mental assent. But there's actually a reality to it that he's wanting us to experience, which is whoever has, it is my intent that you have more than what you already have. Now, the question is, <clears throat> which we talked about last week, how do we get more? Well, the, the, the thing that we need to look at, how do we get more if he's wanting to give it to us? The, the, the one thing that we need to address is, is however we get more, we have to do it on his terms, not our terms. We do it on his terms. And his terms are... When you pray and fast, there's a release of the kingdom in your life. I said last week, I wish it was a different way. I wish it was like when you eat all you can eat and you can't hold any more, then I will release my kingdom. I was like, man, I'm sure there are people that could eat more than me, but I'm going to give it my best. He's like, no, there's something too when we deny ourselves food, don't understand it. He looks at it as we are actually humbling ourselves before him because when we go without food, you know, I mean, you know, it's, it's, you get lightheaded, you get, you know, man, I really want to eat, I'm hungry. And there's something in that. Our brains kind of get foggy a little bit. And so, but he looks at that as we are humbling ourselves before him and it says that God gives grace to the humble, but he opposes the proud. And I'm not saying the people who eat and don't fast are proud. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that this is an act of humility that actually draws the presence of the Lord. All right, I, I'll slow down. That's a joke. In Matthew 6, Jesus says, when you fast... Your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. When you fast, so he didn't say if you fast, he says when you fast. So some people, you know, some of us have treated, myself has treated fasting as an option. It's actually part of the normal Christian life. So fasting is part of the normal Christian life. When you fast, your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. What's he referring to there? who sees in secret. Basically, the things that we're doing when we're fasting, it's between me and God. It's between you and God. It's not between anybody else. So even though we're going to be a part of a corporate fast on the first Mondays of every month, basically he's saying, don't draw any attention to yourself. Just keep it to yourself. That means you don't have to tell anybody what you're doing and don't ask anybody what they're doing. Don't ask, don't tell. Just keep it between you and God. It's between me and God. It's between you and God. And so he says, but when the father who sees what's, what you're doing in secret will reward you openly. So 
What is the reward? We talked a little bit about this last week. What is the reward of fasting? Well, there are internal rewards and there are external rewards. Part of the external rewards we looked at last week, and we'll look at it here again, was, uh, was, a, was a, a display of power when the, when the disciples, matter of fact, I'll just go ahead and do it. Well, I can't do it. That when the disciples went to pray for the young man, <clears throat> um, they couldn't cast out the demon. And Jesus said, how come we couldn't do that? And he says, well, it's because of your unbelief. But this kind comes out by prayer and fasting. And so once, once so fasting actually releases a greater measure, if you would, of God's power. So that would be an external reward. There's an internal reward in that when I fast, I am more sensitized. My, my spirit is more um, tender. tender. My, my spirit is more tender to him. I'm more aware of him. I... Uh, uh, I, when I, fa- I make better decisions, I, like, there's, everything seems to come online for me spiritually when I fast. It's bizarre. And so that, that would be a reward. That's a benefit, is, is being closer to him, being more aware of him. So again, you know, we, we said this last week, fasting doesn't earn you anything. It actually positions your heart to receive what he's already provided. So the, the issue is not on his end. The issue is on my end. It's my dullness. We all, living, living in this world, you'll get dull. And so I've, I've, I think I've, I've said this before. I remember I, uh, <clears throat> I, I was one of those kids that, that just because my parents told me to do something doesn't mean that I did it. I had to try it to see why I shouldn't do it. Don't try this at home. <laughs> So I remember, I remember my mom was telling me she was cooking one day on the, on the stove and she turned it off and you could see where the eye was red and then it went back to the, you know, to the regular you know, color, gray or whatever. And she, says, she said, don't touch that, that's hot. Well, once she walked out of the room, I'm like, it was red. It's not now. It is. And so, um, so I have done this walk with fasting, without fasting, Reading my Bible, not reading my Bible. And it's bizarre how, you know, just, just reading your Bible, believe it or not, there, there are vitamins that your spirit is receiving as you're reading yeah. that actually strengthens your spirit man. Your spirit man has to eat just like your body does. And when I fast, I noticed it's not fun while I'm doing it. But the day after, I was telling someone earlier, it's like the Lord is like, I wake up and it's like, he's right here. It's like, woo. It's like, man, I like this. I like it when he's this close. So, okay. So let's look at this real quick in review. In Isaiah 58, we, I'm just going to hit these really fast. These are the purposes. There were eight purposes of fasting. And Isaiah 58 says, uh, this is the fast. Is this not the fast I choose? To loose the bonds of wickedness, undo heavy burdens, help the oppressed go free, give bread to the hungry, receive the light of revelation in God's word, emotional and physical health for righteousness to, and for righteousness to break forth. Now, when I would read Isaiah 58, I thought that Isaiah was saying, this is the fast that I should do instead of going without food. 
I should give bread to the hungry. I should loose the bonds of wickedness. And actually, the purpose of the fast is to get, or not to get, the purpose of the fast is to walk more in this right here. So even though we're giving bread to the hungry, it's not about just giving bread to the hungry, physical bread, it's about spiritual bread. It's about getting the Lord's heart on what do you want us to do as we're giving bread away to the hungry. I'm just picking that one because it's a low-hanging fruit. But to loose the bonds of wickedness. And so that that would be uh, an internal or probably an external reward of fasting, to be able to loose the bonds of wickedness. Um, to receive the light of revelation in God's word, that would be an internal reward. That's a benefit of fasting. When I'm fasting, it's like, man, I've never read this before. I was reading something the other day in, uh, in Ephesians 1. I think it's Ephesians 1, 4 uh, in, in the, the New Living Translation. It says that before he made the world, he decided that, w- that I, that you, would be found faultless and blameless in his eyes through Jesus, before he even made the world. And I'm like, I've read this so many times. Why is this thing arresting me right now? That would be this, the rev- to receive the light of revelation in God's word. It happens through prayer and fasting. So what I just talked about, there's a, there's a demonstration of power. This is, this is the one I was referring to. When they'd come, down, uh, come to the multitude, a man came up to him, Lord, have mercy on my son. He's an epileptic uh, and suffers severely. He falls into the fire and often into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't cure him. And so Jesus cured him. And then later his disciples said, hey, how, how come it didn't work for us? And if you think about it, they've been with Jesus for the past three years and he had given him, them authority over the spirits and, and also over uh, healing. Uh, not given him authority over healing. He'd given him power to heal. And so, but then they bump into this young man to where they had tried it for the past three years. Everything worked and all of a sudden it stopped. So they hit a wall. They're like, how come we couldn't do that? And Jesus says, uh, because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Then he says, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. And so I'd said, this kind, what kind? That would be your cue. (laughs) What kind? Well, the demon. And then, so someone came up to me last week and said, hey, you know, I've read something or heard something, but also this kind can refer to the unbelief of the disciples. So not only is this, does this kind of demonic activity goes, go away, but also this kind of unbelief that's in my heart also goes away by prayer and fasting. All right. Okay, so I want to just quickly look at a few more reasons to fast. And if you look in in the book of Daniel, actually in the book of Daniel, there are so many times where Daniel is fasting and so many things happen. In Daniel chapter 9, Daniel chapter 9 verse 3, Daniel says, Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make requests by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. 
And so Daniel set aside seasons in his life of seeking the Lord, and the way that he did it was through prayer and fasting. So one of the reasons or one of the ways that we fast, we fast in order to set our face or to set our heart to seek the Lord. Basically, to, 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 uh, to, to invite or to, to, uh, to encounter in, more intimacy with him. That happens through fasting. In, verse t- in chapter 10, Gabriel has been sent by the Lord to speak to Daniel. And he says, then he said to me, talking about Gabriel, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand, or you set your face, Daniel said, I set my face, and and Gabriel was saying, you set your heart, they're both the same thing, you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I I have come because of your words." So God notices us, God, God takes note when we set our heart. He takes note when we humble ourselves before him and it actually attracts him. Yeah. In Daniel 9.20, it says, uh, now while I was speaking, praying, and confessing my sin. So during this time that, that Daniel had set his heart towards the Lord, these are the things that he was doing, we, uh, and fasting, it says here that Daniel was speaking, praying, and confessing his sin. He was also confessing the sin of his country, but confessing his sin. And so we fast and pray to recommit our hearts to the Lord. In Acts 3, uh, 19, it says, repent so that times of refreshing may come to you. So there's things that he does and there's things that we do. And this, the, what we're talking about is partnering with him, partnering with his heart, and uh, anyway, so times of refreshing to come. Yeah. In Acts chapter 10, I'm trying to hurry. In Acts chapter 10, in Acts chapter 10, it opens up talking about a Roman commander named Cornelius. And Cornelius uh, had a visitation from an angel and was told to find Peter. So he sends out some men to go find Peter. Uh, the angel told him where he was staying. And uh, when they come back, when Peter comes back, they come back the next day or the next day. Uh, it says that uh, Cornelius was waiting for them and had called all of his relatives and close friends. His whole family was waiting uh, when Peter arrived. And in verse 31, it says, Cornelius said, four days ago, I was fasting until this hour. And behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your alms are remembered in the sight of God. And the reward for what Cornelius did here in fasting was his entire family was saved. His entire family was not only saved, baptized in water and baptized in the Holy Spirit. His entire family. So for some of us, as we are entering into a fast, as you fast and pray for lost loved ones, the Lord uses that as an opportunity to breathe on their heart. Acts chapter 13, a reward for fasting is direction for our lives. Look at this. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So one of the rewards or benefits, if you would, of fasting is, is direction for your life. 
direction for our lives, for our business, for our ministries, for our families. And so if you're finding yourself stuck in life, if you're finding yourself stuck spiritually, if you're finding yourself stuck directionally, if you're finding yourself stuck, like it feels like there's a brass heaven uh, over, try incorporating fasting. Again, fasting doesn't earn you anything. It positions your heart to be able to receive, to come into sync or calibration with him and to receive the affection that he's already given. In Daniel, going back to Daniel, I'm going to bring this one up, Daniel chapter 8. Daniel says, and I heard a man's voice who said, Gabriel, make this man understand the vision. So one of the benefits or one of the rewards of fasting is, is for understanding. Now, the thing that I want to bring out to you is when you read the book of Daniel and you see the, the, the times that he fasted and you see the times that he encountered angelic beings, it's amazing that one of the takeaways from fasting is angelic activity increases. It's not in what we're doing. It's the position of our heart that's drawing heaven to us. For God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Humility is a magnet that attracts heaven. Humility is a magnet that attracts heaven. Let's say that. Humility is a magnet that attracts heaven to me, to you. Also, fasting actually averts a crisis. So, Jonah went to Nineveh. Remember Jonah? Swallowed by the whale, the fish, underwater, three days, came back up, vomited. I don't know what he smelled like, but anyway. But he had a word for the city of Nineveh. And he releases the word. Basically, he was saying, the judgment of God is coming upon this city. Then the word came to the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne and laid aside his robe, covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes. And he proclaimed, let neither man nor beast nor flock taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water. Then God saw their works that they turned from their evil way and God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them and he did not do it. So a national crisis was averted when the people of that day fasted. Here's another crazy one. This is probably one of the most profound ones. Uh, and it's, a, it's about Ahab. Uh, so Ahab uh, says here in 1 Kings, but there was no one like Ahab who sold himself to do wickedness in the sight of the Lord. So right before this, Elijah and Ahab met up again. And Elijah said, the Lord is bringing down judgment on your family. Uh, there's not going to be anyone left in your household. Your wife Jezebel is going to die a certain way. This whole thing. There's none of your sons, all this sort of stuff. So it says, but there was no one like Ahab who sold himself to do wickedness in the sight of the Lord. So it was when Ahab heard those words that he tore his clothes and put sackcloth on his body and fasted. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah. See how Ahab has humbled himself before me? Because he has humbled himself before me, I will not bring the calamity in his days. That is profound. If anybody deserved calamity, it was Ahab. This guy was like wicked times four. 
nuts. And yet, because this wicked man did one thing, he fasted, the Lord saw that and said, ooh, you know what? I'm not going to do that with him. It'll come upon his sons, but it's not going to come upon him. In James 4, it says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So as wicked and as proud as Ahab was, God's heart was moved with compassion toward him when he saw the way that he fasted. Here's why I'm saying this. There's nobody in this room that's Ahab, right? And so the thing that I'm... The reason I'm saying this about fasting is the Lord is bringing us, we're, we're about to hit uh, uh, days ahead which are, are going to be profound in the way that you see the way the Lord comes to you and ministers to you and talks to you Amen. as we fast. Yeah. So if the Lord came to this wicked man who I would have voted off the island, all of us would have voted off the island <laughs> a long time ago, like erase his name from the book of life, that, that whole thing. And the Lord was moved by this proud, arrogant, wicked king's humility. How much more is the Lord going to be moved by our humility as we approach him in fasting? For whoever has, to him more shall be given. So, a couple of things. When you fast, when I fast, I always ask for grace. I don't know that anyone's born like, you know what, I'm a natural faster. I'm an Olympic faster. Maybe uh, Gandhi, but I think he had to work toward it. So no, this is not anything. So we ask for grace. God, would you give me grace to do this? Would you help me, Lord? I need help. I can't do this on my own. And when you ask for it, he actually gives it. So... We are going to fast when? The first Monday of the month, which will be tomorrow. Now, the next question is, fasting what? Well, you know what? That's between you and God. Uh, I tell you, the, the most beneficial fast that I've done is food. When I fast food, there seems to be more, I get more out of it, but... You can fast food, you can do a water only, you can do a juice only, you can fast one meal, you can do a Daniel fast, you can do whatever you want to do, no sugar, no caffeine, whatever you want to do, you do that. And if you can't fast food, then ask God, what is the most intense way that you can enter into this, into a fast, if if you can't fast food? I totally get that. Now, so we ask, when, what, who? Who can fast? Anyone. However, we don't encourage minors to miss meals. Nowhere in Scripture does it say that the children were to fast. Now, the children can fast. They can fast desserts or TV or video games or Internet, you know, whatever. But uh, just know we're not, we're not, you know, we don't want your children to... <laughs> anyway, won't go there. Yeah, okay, so who or when... Every Monday, who, whoever wants to, what, I just covered that. The, third, the fourth thing I want to tell you was, guys, fasting, don't, don't get under this legalistic thing. Fasting is always voluntary. Don't say, man, my church, pfft, there goes my birthday party. 
birthday's tomorrow. I had this whole thing lined out. Now I've got to cancel everybody because my church is, no, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't do that. You can fast any day, any day of the week. Don't make this a legal thing. Just There's life. There's so much life on this as we step into this. So tomorrow's the first Monday of the month, and we will begin our corporate fast tomorrow. All right. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week.